I have to tell you, I've been excited to get back together uh, since we met last Sunday and we've been continuing on with this series called What If, and we talked about what if I went all in, and to see the response of our people, the numbers of you that said, I'm all in, I'm, I'm here, and, and just wanted to put myself wholeheartedly into following Christ, and that's been exciting, and I've been you know, anxious to get back together and look at what's our next step, and today we get to talk about what if I engage in biblical community. And another powerful step of helping us to go all in. And let me remind you of uh, what I mentioned last week, and that is that you know this is about more than just um, an obligation. It's about more than just what we want from you. It's what we want for you. This is more than just duty. This is you know we have the opportunity to be able to pursue Christ and to be able to you know go all in and follow Him with all that we have. And so. That's where we are today, and we're going to jump in today to talk about that a little bit more. And here's the thing, you know, when we engage in biblical community, it has the potential to uh, impact our lives in such a powerful and positive way, right? Because we lock arms with other believers, we uh, are able to share the ups and downs of life, we're able to go through the goods and the bads, we're able to share laughter, tears, joy, sorrows, all those things, uh, but there is another side to engaging in biblical community. And as we'll see as we go into this, uh, it requires that we allow people to get in past the walls, right? It, it means that we open ourselves to people that can speak life into us and that can provide encouragement in our lives and all those things. But it also means that that opens a door for people to hurt us. Because if we bring the walls down, now all of a sudden there is a possibility. And frankly, there may be some that your attitude has been, yeah, you can talk about that all you want, but I'm not letting anybody get close to me. Because I've done that before, and I've been hurt, and I don't want to do that again. I was talking with a guy this week that I reached out to, kind of like a a contractor, a vendor, somebody that's not somebody part of our church, but somebody that I've known in the past, and and he shared with me some of his story, and he's had a rough year, and some things happened at his church, and he felt like his pastor, rather than coming to him, did some things kind of behind his back, and it just really um, caused him to, to be uh, very, to, to just kind of put some walls up. And he said, you know, I just don't trust anybody right now, and I, I get that. You know, that can happen, and you can feel that way. Um, that is a realistic danger that we face when we let people in, but... Today I want to argue that it is so worth it, that, that the upside of what that enables us to experience if it's done properly is so much more valuable than any of the risks that we would face. And so let's jump into scripture today and look at that, starting in uh, the book of Acts today, Acts chapter 4, because I think Acts is, is a, the best place to go because this is a picture of the early church. This is a picture of how they did life together. Uh, we see biblical community lived out in the book of Acts, and this is more than just a nice little something extra to add uh, on top of what they were already doing. You know, I think sometimes we view biblical communities, you know, that's, that would be nice. That's like another, it's kind of like that's the, the whipped cream on top of an already nice dessert, right? It adds a little bit of something extra. Uh, I would argue that it ought to be viewed as more of a main course, and it certainly was for them because they we're living in a time where to become a follower of Christ, most of them were coming out of a Jewish background, you know, especially early on. And of course, then 
Paul and others started to take, and even Peter to a certain degree, started taking the message to the Gentiles. But that's not until Acts chapter 10 that you know, Peter gets this whole idea of the gospel is not just for Jews. So early on, it's primarily people coming out of a Jewish background. And what that means is, although they viewed it as a fulfillment of their Jewish belief, and it is, the Jewish people that they knew and their counterparts thought they were traitors. And they viewed them, you, know, you have left this faith, this heritage, for something else. And as a result, in a lot of cases, they were cut off from community. They were even cut off from you know, business and other things like that. So they had to rally together. You know, they, it, was, it was a requirement for them to survive even that they come together and live together and encourage one another. So this isn't just you know, something that would be kind of nice for them. This was a necessity for them. And I think it's probably more of a necessity for us than we sometimes realize. So Acts 4, starting in verse 32, says, All the believers were one in heart and mind, or really a better translation of that word is soul, one of heart and soul. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. You know, this, this foundation in verse 32 that is laid is, is what is necessary in order for us to be able to establish biblical community. And then once we've talked about the foundation, I want to move on and say, okay, why does that matter? What are the things that come out of that? But here's the foundation right there in verse 32. They were one in heart and soul. Another way of saying that is that biblical community is founded on oneness in Christ. It's founded on oneness in Christ. That's how we are drawn together at this deep level. When it says one of heart and, and soul, really, it's, some, it's translated here as mind, but that, that soul is a better translation. It's talking about just what is at the deepest core of who you are. I mean, this is the essence of what makes us us. And it says that they were one at that very deep level. That's the foundation for us to experience biblical community. If we don't have oneness of heart and soul, if we don't share that same love for God, if we're not, not just all in together, right? And by the way, there's something about being connected to people that are more than just those that identify themselves as Christians. You know folks like this, it's like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but there's really not a lot of fruit of that. There's really not a lot of passion. It's not a, you know, I'm all in kind of commitment. It's not my life revolves around my relationship with Christ, and that's foundational for everything in my life. But when you meet people like that, there's, there's a connection there, right? More than just a surface level. You know, there are certain things that can cause us to feel a certain level of connection with people. Um, I was thinking about this and just the difference between those two. Next weekend uh, is one of the, the, the two, some of you know this about us, if you didn't know this for, gosh, I don't even know how long, 20 years or so, actually longer than that because it was before Brooke was born. Uh, Sean and I have had a little side business that we do. We go to the Dallas Bridal Show and, and sell labels to prospective brides and things. Anyway, I'll go into that. But all that to say, we're there a couple times a year. And my job, Sean is the one that typically, and, and some others that are selling to people, and I do some of that, but I do mostly typing. And so I'll get these cards that they will fill out, and I'll, I'll go through about 150 cards in a day, just one after the other, just typing in name, address, email, phone number, all this kind of stuff. And so I, I see where people live, which, by the way, a little aside here, 
People have weird names. I'm just going to tell you that right now. There are some odd names out there, and the emails are really even weirder. You know, sometimes I just have to say, okay, tell me, what's behind this email? And sometimes, frankly, I'm embarrassed to even ask, but I just got to leave it alone. But anyway, so I'm typing in all this information, and out of those 150 or so that I'll do in a day, typically there may be one from Wiley. There's not a whole lot of people with Wiley addresses that are at the Dallas Bridal Show for whatever reason. So when they are... It's like, oh, this is kind of cool. I feel a little connection here. And I'll say, hey, you're from Wiley. I'm from Wiley. And I'll also slip in. I'm a pastor of a church there. If you don't have a church home, come see us, you know. And we actually had a couple that came as a result of that one time. But so there's that, that surface level connection, right? You live in the same city I live in. There's not a whole bunch of people here in this building that share that in common. So we have a little connection. But there is a different type of connection when there's somebody and maybe you see it on a shirt or somehow you start a conversation and you just gather that they just love Jesus with all their heart. You know, sometimes you just pick that up with people and you have a conversation. I'm like, now, there is a deeper level of connection there because there's kind of like this idea of having oneness of heart and soul that, that our passions are the same, our greatest love is the same. And so that is more significant than we just live in the same city. But having said that, as, as significant as that is, when you have a 30-second conversation or a minute conversation with somebody... And you do share that in common. That's wonderful. But that's not biblical community. See, in order to have biblical community, yes, we need to share that same love for Christ. But we got to spend time together too. That's when it really starts to develop is when you spend time together. And that's what the early church was doing. They were together every day. It may not be practical for us to be together every day, but we need to be together regularly. We need to be together outside. And by the way, when you're talking about biblical community, this coming and doing what you're doing now is, a, is an important part of our growth and being in church and worshiping and all that. That's great. It's really not biblical community. Biblical community is when we have a chance to really interact with one another, share with one another, kind of do life together, those kinds of things. And so that takes place outside in small groups and other ministries where we share together and open up together and things like that. But... Um, but we, when we spend time together, that's what they were doing. And in fact, if you go back to um, this passage right before, you see that they were gathered together regularly. They were praying together, which is another huge element, kind of that spiritual oneness. You know, I love what it says at the end of chapter 4, or not at the end of chapter 4, at the end of the section right before we started reading, verse 31. Sometimes we think about a prayer gathering as being kind of boring, right? Uh, once a quarter we do that. In fact, a week from Wednesday we'll gather up here. You'll get an email about that. Uh, saying this, you know, our quarterly time to get together and pray. Um, Sometimes we think, ah, that's kind of boring prayer gatherings. Verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. That doesn't sound very boring to me. That sounds pretty exciting. Then when you come together and pray and the whole, you know, room gets shaken. But when you experience a movement of God like that with other people, especially with a small group of other people, and you go through something like that together, that really draws your hearts together, doesn't it? It re- really causes you to experience oneness with those people. And so that was taking place. But something else was taking place here as well that draws us close to one another. And that is that they were going through a time of, of difficulty. They were going through a time of persecution. Uh, any type of suffering or pain that we experience with other believers it draws us closer together. And as we said here, they were constantly in danger of persecution. In fact, just before that, in chapter 4, Peter and John are arrested. They're brought before the Sanhedrin. They're praying together. You know, they get released. 
but they never know at any moment when are they going to be next, when are they going to be arrested. So this is not an easy life for those that identified as followers of Christ. And going through that difficulty and that suffering together, it bonded them together and gave them a oneness uh, that you just can't get any other way. So we spend time together. You know, we, we worship, we pray together, we, we, you know, we grow together spiritually, and then especially when we suffer together then that, that lays that foundation of being one in heart and soul. So why does it matter? Why is it that important that we take steps to engage in biblical community? Here's the, the second thing. Let me share with you one of those reasons, and that is that biblical community leads to meeting each other's needs. And we see it right here in verse 33, no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. You get down to verse 34, again it says there were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them and brought their money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. They, they were meeting each other's needs, and that desire to meet each other's needs flowed out of this oneness of heart and soul that they shared in Christ. Now, you want to talk about being all in. When you're willing to take what you have, and say, it's no longer mine, which is a great biblical principle. We really don't own anything. God owns everything. But they had this mindset of everything that I have is at God's disposal. And so there were people selling pieces of property and giving the money to the spiritual leaders to say, you know where this money needs to be used. You know where the needs are. So go ahead and just distribute it as you see fit. That's going all in right there. I mean, when you're willing to go to that level and say, God, I trust you with everything, including all the things that I think that I own, that I really don't, that belong to you. Um, they were in. They, they were wholeheartedly there. Why? Again, end of verse 33, it says God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. And I think the reason they were able to take these steps is because they had experienced the grace of God in a personal way, they'd experienced God's grace over their community, over the people. And they, they knew, because grace is all about receiving from God what we don't deserve, right? That's what grace is. Grace is when God says, I'm going to pour out on you things like my love for you. I'm going to pour out forgiveness. I'm going to give you a secure place in heaven when you die. And you don't deserve any of it but I'm going to give it to you because that's who I am, because I'm a generous God, because I love you and I want to do that for you. And the, the, the means through which we experience God's grace is the cross. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that we don't have to. That's why we're able to experience grace. In Ephesians 2, it talks about it's by grace that we've been saved. Then what comes next? Through faith. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. So it's God's grace, but the way we experience that grace is by faith in Christ. So when we put our faith in Jesus, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose from the dead in victory over our sins, we can receive from God what we don't deserve. And by the way, if you haven't taken that step, let me urge you to take that step. That's where it begins. It begins by saying, I'm trusting in Christ who died for me. I don't deserve God. And if you ever feel unworthy of God's love, we all are. But through Christ, we've been made worthy of God's love. So actually, we're all not anymore. But we can receive Christ, and we can, we can enter into a relationship with God through grace. But when you've experienced grace like that, 
So now I've been blessed with all of this from God that I don't deserve. The natural response is, well, then I in turn should look for opportunities to be an outlet to express that to other people around me. And so it was this experience of God's grace in their life that led them to want to meet the needs of people around them. In this case, it was a physical need. You know, people needed uh, food and clothing and just basic kinds of needs like that. And there are times where that's exactly what it is still today. I do believe that it goes beyond that, that we can meet one another's needs. So when I talk about meeting one another's needs, yes, there may be a financial element to that at times, but think much broader than that. We can meet each other's needs by meeting an emotional need, by being a friend to somebody, by being a listening ear, by praying with people. You know, I mean, think about the things that we go through that, that are needs that we have. Maybe it's a crisis in a marriage, coming alongside somebody like that. Maybe it is a health crisis of some sort. Maybe it's losing a loved one. Uh, maybe it is dealing with something with a child, you know, a, a, a prodigal child. Or maybe it's children leaving the home and becoming an empty nester and you're working through that transition. Or, you know, there's so many different ways that, that we need each other in our lives. And so whatever that looks like, it's stepping into that need based on the relationships that we develop, based on the community that we build. Let me illustrate that with a story. And I hinted at this two or three weeks ago whenever we did the little roundtable with our elders and, and just kind of briefly. So, and, and then if you came to our Connect conference last weekend, you heard me talk a little bit more about this. Um, two days after Christmas we received a text in our group text. Our Connect group has a little group me where we can communicate with one another. And we received a text from one of our group members from, from Robert who said, hey, um, if anybody's available, I'd love it if y'all come to the hospital and just be here with us. His wife, Jennifer, uh, had been battling cancer, had been uh, just through some really, really difficult treatments and other things like that, and um, was, it had just taken a, a turn for the worse recently. And so he said, I just need some people here. And so there were several of us from the group that showed up and were able to have a conversation, which one of the cool God things, one of the gifts that God gave us is uh, she was mostly not very coherent at that time, but for a, a fair amount of the time that we were together, she actually was and was engaging in conversation and uh, we were able to talk together and she knew what was going on. And then she kind of fade out, you know, based on just some of the medication and, 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 and things that... Uh, uh, the, the disease that was keeping her from being able to think clearly and all. But, but we did have those moments with her. But, you know, we also had opportunity after giving them a few minutes by themselves just to talk with Robert and Rich, who's our, our group leader, and I and went back and just had a really meaningful conversation for, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. Uh, he's processing decisions to be made and things like that. And, and the rest of the group was there, and we got to all pray together and, and just a really meaningful time. Well, that was on Friday, and then on Monday she passed. Um, and, you know, we were able to have a funeral service here and do some other things. But when I talk about biblical community and the importance of that, it's, it's something that we have been walking through on a personal level. Not just theoretical, as important as this has always been to me. Over the last several weeks, we've actually been right in the middle of it to a greater degree than, than normal even uh, and talking about what we said earlier, when you go through suffering of some sort, it draws you even closer, and we've been able to experience that. So um, it's been cool to watch that play out, but I was talking with Robert as he joined us for lunch last week after church, and, and I said, hey, I'm going to be talking about this next week. I said, it may be a little soon, but 
do you have any interest in sharing your story? And he said, yeah, actually, I would like to do that. I would like to talk about what this has meant to me. So let's welcome Robert Holcomb to come uh, join us here um, up on the stage. Yeah, we'll, we'll give him a little encouragement as he comes there. Robert, thank you, first of all, for, uh, for coming. And I uh, really like that, that uh, little Baylor thing you got there. So yeah, I'm just this. Jennifer was a, a proud Baylor alumni, she was. so it's a little, a little shout out to her and a That's little suck right. up to the pastor. No, we'll, we'll make it all a shout out to her. Okay. We're good with that. So, um, so, Robert, thank you, first of all, for coming. I know this is still a very difficult season, a very emotional season. Um, uh, it's been a privilege for us to be able to just be a small part of that and kind of walking through some things with you. But I'm curious kind of what the process was like of reaching out the first time that you did when you sent that message out saying, hey, can some of you come? I wonder, was it difficult to do that? Um, and, you know, just kind of what was what prompted you to make that decision to reach out like that? You bet. Um, it, <clears throat> pardon me. It actually, uh, it wasn't difficult at, at all. Um, you know, we had been uh, part of this group for a year, and, and over the course of that year, everybody in the group, you know, sharing life together and, and laying everything bare and, and sharing. And so... We then had an opportunity to develop friendships and and trust within that group, and so um, you know that that Friday, two days after Christmas, uh, Jennifer had had emergency surgery a few days earlier uh, that went miraculously well, mm-hmm. and uh, she was recovering from that, and that recovery was going well, but she was still obviously very sick with her cancer. Uh, we knew that we knew that the chemotherapy uh, was no longer working, that her cancer was progressing. And essentially, her treatment options were were out, and uh, the cancer would run its course. But we thought we had more time, maybe a couple of months or so. So that Friday, late in the afternoon, the doctor came. Uh, he came in and gave us uh, news that his fear was that the cancer had progressed much faster than the, it had been thought, and that rather than than months, she had perhaps a, a few days at the most. And so, obviously, that that hit very hard. Sure. Um, and so. Uh, it was it was natural. It was a reaching out. I, I knew that we shouldn't be there alone uh, right. at the hospital with uh, dealing with this, and that we needed support. And so, uh, just naturally, you know, reached out to family and, and reached out to uh, to the members of our connect group for for prayer, hoping that that you know. And it was two days after Christmas, and I didn't know if folks mm-hmm. were still in town or, or had folks uh, visiting from town. If anybody would be able to get away, but uh, you know, it was such a blessing that actually I think eight members of the connect group more than half of the, of the connect group dropped everything uh late on a friday and and drove all the way down to dallas to to be with us there and you know i i reached out knowing that we needed folks there with us to pray with us and just support us and put their arms around us uh and, and all and what we got though was was so much more than than i'd hoped for um, you're talking about meeting each other's needs and all my needs in that moment that I felt were need for prayer and need for community around us. But then as you were saying, you know, that, that opportunity, uh, I also had a need that need for, for Jennifer to, to, to be present, to have that moment with her again. And it was such a blessing unexpectedly how God used that group and used them being there to, to, to open her up, you know, and, and restore her for those moments uh, to us. And it was just, uh, it was a, a richness and embarrassment of, of blessings. Right. And it was a gift to, to all of us, too, Absolutely. which was a really special, special time. So having gone through a trial like that, how has that 
shaped, changed um, your view of the importance of having biblical community? Yeah, it's, uh, it's extremely important during that, uh, during that trial. And I know that when, we, when she first got her diagnosis and we, we came to you, that was, was something that was missing in our lives. And you really encouraged us to, to get plugged into biblical community. And, and so we did. And we took that, that leap of faith that uh, this is something that we, and it was a felt need, too, for, right. for both of us. And, I, I, you know, it was 14 months from the time that she was diagnosed until she passed away. And as difficult and as challenging as those 14 months were, I know that it was made immeasurably easier uh, by, by being plugged in and being all in uh, with our Connect group and, and within biblical community. To, you know, we, we had great support from family, from friends, mm-hmm. but having that group of, uh, of dedicated Christ followers that, we met with regularly uh, every week and opened up and, and laid bare our lives, and so they could come alongside of us and and take part of that yoke from us, you know, to, to share in our burden in that time, whether it was, uh, you know, some sort of like physical need with with meals for our family while Jennifer was in the hospital and I was staying there with her, um, even you know, going above and beyond and and things like decorating our house for Christmas because Christmas was very special to, to Jennifer and because of all that was going on, we didn't have a chance to do that. And so just blessing us in that way with, with needs that even were not foremost at the top of our minds is to see how God uh, was using our community around us to, to bless us in those ways. It, uh, the importance of that, I, I, I can't overstate and I can't imagine having gone through that right. uh, without that. Right. And as you said, you know, just over a year before that, you didn't have that. And so it was, that's one of the things that hit me. It's, you know, if we're waiting until we're at a point of crisis, it's kind of too late. You know, we need those relationships in place so that we're comfortable, you know, turning and receiving that. So last question for you really is just, what would you say to somebody here that's not currently engaged in biblical community? I would say you're, you're missing out. And it, you know, we, we had this trial obviously in our lives over the, over the past year, but you know, on a week-to-week basis and a day-to-day basis, it wasn't always necessarily at the top of our kind of issues or, or needs list. And um, you know, part of, of meeting together regularly is that we get to share everything that goes on in our lives. And we still had the you know the, the same stuff that everybody deals with with work and kids and uh, all the other concerns and all the other successes and, and joyful things too. And, and um, it's not just in crisis, but just on a day-to-day basis. Uh, that that richness and fullness that it adds to uh, our lives and, and our own spiritual growth during the course of that too um, is, is something you know you're talking about how it's not just what we want from you but what we want for you and God does have all of these blessings and um, being part of biblical community has allowed us to unlock and access those blessings that God has for us through that group and I know that it again just a richness and fullness in our lives that that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And so if you're, if you're not plugged in, if you're not all in, you know, God puts people in our lives and gives us those opportunities for a reason so that those people are there when we need them because he knows the, the needs that are coming for us. And uh, I would just encourage you to, to, to give in and to go all in and to get plugged in on that. Well said. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. I have to, I, I just, it's hit me as he was walking off first service, and I, I got to share my story again, because one of the things he said, you know, it, 
we experience it most a lot of times when we are going through something difficult. But like you said, it's not all that. It's, you know, it's good times that you share together, too. It's laughter. It's, you know, good memories. One of my favorite memories uh, of, of Robert is uh, we sometimes do have a game before we start our group, and the loser has a consequence. And Robert lost that day, and the consequence for the loser was you had to wear red oven mitts through the rest of the connect group the whole night. So he's sitting over there with his red oven mitts, and at one point he was contributing something to our discussion, and just this really significant, great Bible insights, and he's going like this and just flopping these big red oven mitts in the air as he was telling us what it was, and so I always have that image in my mind as well, and it makes me smile whenever I think about it. But, um, I mean, guys, this is, this is real life stuff, you know, the importance of engaging in biblical community it's real life stuff. It's for the good times, but it's especially important when we're walking through some of those trials. Let me just quickly share one other thought, and I won't spend much time on this. But you know, one of the things that, that also comes out of it, not only are we able to meet each other's needs, whether those be physical, emotional, spiritual needs, whatever it is, but another thing is that biblical community provides a powerful witness. And we see that in this passage because it, it talks here about how uh, verse 33, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I, I think a big part of that power in their testimony came from the fact that they were one in heart and soul, and they were praying together, and they were there for each other. I'm telling you, when you know somebody's got your back, and that they're there for you, and that they love you, and that they're on board, headed the same direction you are, it gives you more boldness to stand up for what you believe, and to maybe be a little more bold in your witness, knowing I'm not the only one. See, when I hear other people and see other people, you know, sharing their faith and telling stories of who they're sharing Christ with, it's like, man, that inspires me to do the same thing, right? So that there's that element to it. But then there's also uh, a, a second way that it does that, and, and that is that it's a powerful witness in the sense that when those that don't have a relationship with God see the people of God loving each other the way they're supposed to, that's attractive. You know, that, that scratches where people itch. And unfortunately, sometimes the image that people have about Christians is that they're always, you know, yelling at people or disagreeing or they can't get along or whatever. But when they really are loving each other in a biblical way, they're, they're putting the needs of others ahead of themselves. That's not normal to do that. You know, when they're truly expressing grace to one another and there's a, a true close, that, that's not normal. And so when people see that, it is an open door to say, let us tell you what is the foundation of this. This is the reason why there's so much love here, and this is the reason why there's, there's so much connectedness, because we share a common faith in Christ and because of what he's done for us. And it can really open the door for us to have a powerful witness to those around us. Um, so being engaged in biblical community, man, it really matters. It really does. And my challenge for you, if, if you don't have that, is to take some steps to do that. And we can help here. I know there are other ways that you can do that outside the church. I think the church is really the best way to do that as we come together on a regular basis. But we can help you with that. We want to help you with that. But here's the thing. We can't do it for you. We can't force you to take that step. We can just encourage you and even plead with you to say, look, it matters. It's important Take a step to get connected with people because Robert said it so well. If you don't, you're missing out. This is a gift that God has given us, the gift of being able 
to have other people come into our lives. And it is so worth any of the risks. It's important. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? If you're not engaged in biblical community, take the step today and say, I'm going to do this. Let's pray. Father, today we realize and we're reminded how much we need you and how much we need each other. And I thank you for this gift. I thank you, Lord, that there are people uh, in my life that I know are praying for me and my family and that I'm able to do the same for them. And Lord, that we're able to just enjoy time together. We're able to laugh together. We're able to uh, have fun together. And, but Lord, we're also able to rally around one another in our times of need. And so, Lord, that is a precious, precious gift that you've given us. And I thank you for that. Lord, I pray specifically for those that just don't yet have that connection that, um, Lord, you would provide it. Provide the people that, uh, that can make that happen, the groups, whatever it is, uh, so that, Lord, that, that, can, that step can be taken. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.